0: SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome into Fantasy Sports Today here on SportsGrid TV. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by George Kurtz today. No Craig Mish; He'll be back with us. Tomorrow, we have a jam-packed show for you. The NBA season is all the way underway. Not that George particularly cares. The World Series is heading into, uh, you know, a pretty interesting spot as the Astros even it up after a team no-hitter last night. We have a, uh, you know, not particularly interesting Thursday night football game in which the uh, Eagles are two touchdown favorites against the Houston Texans and uh, just a lot going on where we're two weeks away from the world cup we're, we're pretty much at the sports equinox right now george i mean there's just uh, there's something going on every minute of every day it feels like
2: yeah i don't know if we're pretty much at it i think we are at it i mean it's really uh, a great type of sports that's going on right now last night we had a combined no hitter in baseball in a in the world series game fantastic and who would have seen that coming the night before Philadelphia, it's five home runs. Looks like they're going to be, you know, just do nothing but slug the Astros to death and then they get no hit the next night. So it's been a, been a fun World Series here. You mentioned the football game tonight. Yeah, we all expect it to be a colossal blowout here. I'm certainly on board with that. I got to tell you, Davis, I keep looking at the Eagles' schedule.
1: I don't know when their next loss is coming. You know, that's a, that's a fun little game. Maybe we'll do that a little bit later in the show. I mean, uh, I guess probably they're – toughest games on the schedule are going to be their two games against uh, the Dallas Cowboys. But you're right. I mean, some of these teams that they're playing, uh, the Texans, the Commanders, the Colts, the Packers, I mean, just absolutely dreadful. Let's go ahead and get into our headlines here on the show. The Astros even up the World Series after a team no hitter. That series is tied at 2-2. Luka Doncic becomes the first player since Wilt Chamberlain with seven 30 point games to start the season. Dan Snyder has hired the Bank of America to help sell the Commanders and uh big news this morning on the Twitter timeline after trading a first round pick for Bradley Chubb, the Miami Dolphins agreed to a 5-year, 119 million dollar extension with Bradley Chubb. Um you know, they're they are certainly spending that money. They're paying Tyreek Hill a lot of money. Tua is going to be coming up for his contract extension. Uh, I believe after next season, they might try to get that done a little bit earlier, or maybe they won't. Maybe they will just let it ride. and uh Jalen Waddle, you gotta think Jalen Waddle is looking at, oh, you know, Hollywood Brown's making that money, Christian Kirk's making that money. You better back up the freaking brinks truck for Jalen Waddle. i I would not be surprised given when it's going to happen and how much more we are seeing wide receivers being paid i I think that Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle when they are eligible for their extensions uh i think those are going to be the two largest wide receiver contracts in nfl history
2: uh you'll get no argument here i think you're probably right especially with the cap expecting to uh expand over the next few years expand uh significantly so i think you're right on board there there'll be some uh, high contracts to pay i think we're seeing uh miami here is uh sort of going for it right i think they realize we're five and three yeah, when Tua has started and finished the game, we're 5-0, scoring at least 26 points a game. Our next three games are against, really, I mean, Chicago, Cleveland, Houston. I think they think they can take care of business there. The Cleveland game, the toughest one, is at home uh, before that, schedule gets a little rougher, where they go to San Fran, go to L.A., go to Buffalo. What a three-game stretch that'll be. Really, uh, that'll let us know how good Miami is or how good they are not. Uh, but The affiliate, I think they know they're going to the playoffs, that they've already beaten Buffalo once. So they're, uh, you know, they're they're going for it. They're adding their players here to see what they can do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think you're right. And uh, tonight's game for the Philadelphia Eagles and the Houston Texans. I mean, one, how embarrassing does that overtime tie look for the Indianapolis Colts at this point? I mean, George, the Houston Texans in that game against the Titans, they didn't even look like a football team. I mean, what like what what was the point of them? of them being out there. I mean, the, the Titans threw one passing attempt in, in the second half, I just like the Houston Texans, they, they have no hope, no future, no good players on the roster. Brandon cooks doesn't want to play. He was, you know, he was mad that, uh, that he didn't get traded. He sent out the, the cryptic tweet yesterday. It's like, why, why do the Houston Texans even exist?
2: Yeah. A couple of things on cooks. Uh, He can be mad all he wants. It's his contract that allowed him not to be traded. All right, uh, I mean, he's making $18 million guaranteed next year. There's no way of getting around that, unless you're going to cut him. Uh, $18 million guaranteed. Guess what? No one's going to trade for that. And Houston didn't want to eat part of the contract. I think that's the problem here. Houston should have figured out a way to eat some of the contract, get a better drink, whatever it might have been. He should have been moved somehow beyond more, more creativity there. He said, Houston should have traded pretty much anybody that's not nailed down, and I don't know. If there's too many players nailed down in Houston. He should have been trade. Uh, more players should have been traded by Houston. In this day and age, you either want to be competing for a trophy or you want to be terrible. Houston's already terrible. They must even be more terrible. You will know, get that uh, CJ strategy, presume, the presumed number one pick overall pick next year at this point in time. So make sure you lock that down. Try and get that here. I read a funny thing uh, right before uh, the show started. Uh, from uh, I think uh, Matthew Berry's a fantasy life newsletter about Brandon Cooks. You know, uh, questionable tonight with a wrist injury. Then there's also a parenthesis, pissed that he's still on the team, can't stand uh, Davis Mills anymore. Uh, so that was funny. I think it probably says a lot about how Cooks actually does feel.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think you're right. My my immediate read when I I read that Brandon Cooks had a wrist injury was, oh, this guy this guy punched a wall. The the trade the trade deadline went through on Tuesday, and he punched a wall when he didn't get traded to a winning situation guys we have a jam-packed show stay with uh, george and i over the next hour we're going to cover everything that you need to know going on in the world of fantasy football right now then of course we're going to hit fantasy reality so don't go anywhere stay on the grid with george and i for the next hour we'll see you back here in a few moments right, right Hello, everyone, and welcome back into Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports SportsGrid TV. I'm Davis Matic, joined by George Kurtz. No Craig Mish today. He'll be back with us tomorrow. It's right in the middle of the fantasy football season. And uh, we're also, you know, we got six teams on by. We're all dealing with lots of injuries. Saquon Barkley on by this week, CMC on by this week. It's, uh, it's probably a time that a lot of people are, are turning towards their lineups and thinking, I might need to start making some trades, you know, or, or whoever it is that you might be missing this week. So we got a pretty simple segment right here. We're going to look at some of the surprising producers going on in the NFL right now, and we are either going to buy or sell them based on what we estimate their cost to be. Beginning with Carolina Panthers running back, Donta Foreman. CMC gets traded. Chuba Hubbard does not play last week. Misses with injury. Back-to-back 100-yard games for Donta Foreman. And Foreman scores not one, not two, but three rushing touchdowns last week for the Carolina Panthers. Chewbopperd should probably be back and playing this week. At least that's what he told reporters earlier in the week. George, are we buying or selling Donta Foreman?
2: Well, I mean, in a vacuum, without knowing what you're getting in return, I'm selling them uh you already mentioned uh hubert is returning right so he's going to take some snaps away you know, remember originally when these uh you know when they traded cmc you were still okay it's gonna be a 50 50 share and most of us thought uh you'd probably rather have hubert you know i, I, I want to have Chuba there now of course that i'd rather have foreman as far as these two but they're both going to play some so i don't know if we're gonna see quite the numbers we've seen from foreman uh for the rest of the season here uh so yes and uh like I said, in a vacuum here, I'm selling. If someone wants to buy high on him and I can get somebody who uh as I like to say, I can look at the back of his uh his card and see what he's done year year after year. It's more uh consistent and I know what I'm gonna get. I'm probably gonna go for that player. Uh maybe you need a wide receiver, whatever it might be here. I am going to
1: sell Dr. Vorman. So I think uh I'm a, I'm gonna say this is pretty price sensitive. Uh, you know, in a dynasty league, if someone's trying to get a twenty twenty three second round pick. Yeah, I would uh I would I would you know, if I had him on my roster, I would sell him for that, for sure. Uh but you know, if I could get him for a lower end wide receiver or or how about one of these injured guys, right? Michael Thomas. Say you you know, Michael Thomas has been sitting on your bench for 9 weeks and you're getting sick of him. Uh and and a team is 7 and 1, they're looking for some ammo for the playoffs. They happen to be the team that picked up Dante Foreman. I I would err on the side of selling. He really has not been used in the passing game at all. Uh, A a creative player I I have not heard of, Spencer Brown was playing on third downs last week for the Carolina Panthers. So I don't think it's really all contingent on rushing touchdowns, which is not a particularly great spot to be. I I would buy, let's say 25% buy, 75% sell for me on Donta Foreman. Uh, Moving next to a guy I think is probably a clear buy in Amari Cooper. For the Cleveland Browns, coming off a 5 for 131 in a touchdown last week against the Bengals. He has more games this season with a touchdown than games without. Playing 90% of the snaps, 25% target share. I I think that Amari Cooper, uh, especially for the fantasy football playoffs, when they are getting Deshaun Watson back, I mean, he, to me, looks like maybe one of the better buys in fantasy football right now.
2: I'd probably disagree with you. Not that he's not a buy, but one of the better buys. What makes anything anybody think that Sean Watts is going to come in and play great? Hasn't played football That's in a couple true. of years. All right, a couple of years. We're not talking he's missed a couple of months here. With the he hasn't played football in a couple of years. And he's just going to come in and pretty much he's coming in uh, week, uh, well, week 12, week 11, uh, week well, be week 13 with the buys. Uh And pretty much as your fantasy playoffs are going to start, and you're going to trust that he's going to light it up uh, I think that's extremely dangerous to to wish that. Anybody relying on Cooper, relying on uh, Watson, maybe more of a Nick Chubb thing anything else, where they're going to run the ball a lot and ease him into it. So I would be very cautious here. Plus, I'll be the first person to tell you about Cooper as a Cowboy fan. He does not show up in big games. He gets hurt, also doesn't want to play as much. He's out of quarter, out missing plays here, doesn't make big plays in big games he sort of had that thing going on. Dak Prescott was the same thing, right? He didn't show up in big games either. Cooper was a part of that over the past couple of years here. So I don't think he's a great buy. That being said, I'd probably like to have him right now. You know, but I could also see it. Well, they're on a buy this week. What if you're three and five and you need to win this week? You know, maybe uh, you know, Davis is six and three. I'm three and whatever. It's uh, five and three, and I'm three and five. Maybe I gotta trade Cooper to Davis because I need to win now. I need to win this week. I can't go three and six. So I can see that being a part of this as well here. Where you're trading Cooper this week because he's on
1: buy. Yeah, I mean, actually, I think you do make a pretty good point. Uh, he he seems like a great sell candidate if you're three and five. Because if you're three and five and you go to three and six, that's it. You know, you're not you're not making the playoffs. You're not winning your league. It's it's pretty much a do or die week for you at this point. So in that scenario, I'm actually totally comfortable um, selling Amari Cooper. Also, just a, a quick word here as we are going through buy or sell stuff. Guys who have gotten past their buy week already, they definitely pick up a ton of value, especially compared to some of these guys who have week 13 and week 14 buys. You know, those guys, I I think, take a pretty big hit in the trading market. Our final guy that we are going to examine here is going to be none other than Josh Jacobs, probably one of the surprises of the year, Uh, uh, formerly Amari Cooper's teammate, finally has a bad week last week. But uh, the games before that, 144 yards and two touchdowns, 154 yards and a touchdown, 143 yards and three touchdowns. He has been the biggest surprise to me of the fantasy football season coming off of clearly the Raiders' worst game of the year. Are we buying or selling Josh Jacobs right now, George?
2: The Raiders. Uh, Boy, uh, I don't know what happened to this team last week. I mean, really, that that was just sad. I mean, they be shut down by a New Orleans team that had been given, what, the 30th team as far as giving up points of a league going the last week, whatever it was. Uh, Just I don't know what happened to this team here. Uh, It's a running back. We all need running backs. At least most of us need running backs, right? So I think he's still a bye. You know, I don't think I think he's really changed there. Uh, he's having a magnificent season. You, you said it, and i totally to disagree. If he's not one of the biggest positive surprises this season, he's certainly up there. I mean, he's the guy who played in the Hall of Fame game, right? Played in uh, week, the last uh, week of the preseason. We're like, oh, God, they don't like him. And then he's just come on like, uh, you know, been a, a, bat of fire, a bat on fire all year long. He's played so well here, so yeah, I think he's still a buy. I think they're going to get back to him. Derek Carr's not having a great season. Waller can't stay healthy. Renfro's on the back of a milk carton, and although Carr and Adams had this, you know, chemistry in college, really we haven't seen it. At least we haven't seen it consistently this season here. Jacobs has been the one constant piece here, so uh, yeah, I think Josh Jacobs is still a buy. That being said, I'm not overpaying for him. I'm not dying to get him on my team, Dave. So maybe that's because I just remember how he was in the past, and it's uh, playing, uh, it's rattling around in my head here that he could go back to being that player at any time here. But that being said, yeah, I probably wouldn't mind having him.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely, you would not mind having him. I think at the at this point, though, you just have to wonder. The guy who got him probably got him in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. Basically, views him as free money. You know, maybe he made a good first round pick, good second round pick. Maybe he nabbed Jalen Hurts in the fifth round, you know, uh, maybe he picked up Greg Dulcich off waivers and he's sitting there looking at his team going, why would I trade away Josh Jacobs right now? You know, my team, I I'm going to win the league. I got, I got, you know, a running back in my flex spot who's scoring 20 points a game. I'm not, I'm not trading him away. Uh, I think the spots where you, obviously you, you might be able to buy Josh Jacobs would be maybe a guy who's got a bunch of buys this week. Maybe a guy, suffering suffering, a bunch of injuries, you know, there, there are so many different permutations of ways that guys could have drafted. But, you know, you could be drafting against a guy who maybe took George Kittle and and Trey Lance and and maybe Najee Harris, you know, some of these busts earlier on. And maybe he's three and five and going, look, I mean, Josh Jacobs is great, but if you give me three starting players, you know, you could give them Gabe Davis, a decent tight end and a, and a stopgap running back. You know, maybe you have Donta Foreman then I think that would be a scenario in which you could potentially negotiate a favorable Josh Jacob trade for both sides. So that was a quick look at Dante Foreman, Amari Cooper, Josh Jacobs, uh, You know, just kind of a survey of the trading market out there in fantasy football. George and I are going to go ahead and run into a break here real quick on Fantasy Sports Day. Going to talk some Thursday night football DFS, some Major League Baseball DFS. See everyone back here in a few moments on FSD. everyone and welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid TV. I'm Davis Matic joined by George Kurtz. No Craig Mish today. He'll be back with us tomorrow. We are here to talk about, uh, We're gonna first we're going to do some Thursday night football. Single game showdown on DraftKings between the Philadelphia Eagles. 14 point favorites against the Houston Texans. Then we're going to take a look at tonight's MLB DFS slate. The single game showdown between the Houston Astros and the Philadelphia Phillies. Game 5 of the world series uh you know the phillies and and the eagles playing uh simultaneously i guess the the thing is george no one in philadelphia is is really going to care about this football game after the first half because it's going to be done and dusted so it'll be really easy for everyone to uh to be able to pay attention to both things i i don't foresee the philadelphia eagles getting in a nail biter tonight against this houston texans team
2: way to go out on a limb there huh uh, this this game is going to be uh, it, a... Is it kind of funny, though? Philadelphia-Houston? Philadelphia-Houston. You know, yeah, look, They're not playing in the same place, right? At least the, uh, the football game is in, uh, in Texas and not in Philadelphia as well here. Uh, yeah, this football game, I think, is going to be a colossal blowout tonight. I think it's going to be uh, not an issue for the Eagles to take care of business. As you said, you gave it a half. I'll give
1: it a quarter and a half if we're like, okay, baseball time. Yeah. So here we go for the salaries tonight. Uh, I mean... Really going to be hard to convince me to use any Houston Texans in the captain slot. Jalen Hurts costs 17.7 in the captain. AJ Brown, 16.8. Miles Sanders, 15.6. The relevant Houston Texans, of which I think there are two. Davis Mills is 13.5. Damian Pierce is 12.9. And, uh, you know, I mean, all the Eagles are are priced all the way up. All their starters on offense are 6,600 in the flex or more. I suppose the interesting thing tonight is the Houston Texans are dealing with two pretty major wide receiver injuries. Nico Collins already ruled out for this game. Brandon Cooks priced at 7200 What are your thoughts on uh, just how would you approach this? I, I think probably the the move is just playing five Philadelphia Eagles in, in every lineup and just kind of hoping that they find their way there. Agreed. I mean...
2: Oh. Outside of Pierce, there's no way you're starting Davis Mills, right? So the outside of Pierce, who, who would you even think about starting on the, uh, the Houston Texans, right? There's just nobody there. Even if Cooks plays tonight, which he might, maybe he does, maybe he's not. I didn't think about punching the wall, by the way. That actually makes some sense with the wrist injury. Uh, I think maybe bent his wrist the wrong way about punching it. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not starting Cooks anyway. That secondary is very good. But even Pierce, you're going to need touchdown deodorant tonight because they're going to be down. Right? I mean, they're going to be down 10, 17 points really quick. The Eagles have done this to everybody, everybody this entire season where they've destroyed them in the first half. And the second half, they just take it off. They just, they're not trying to blow you out. They're not, they're not being the Patriots back in the day where they want to score 49, 50 points. They don't care. They want to win the game and leave. You know, it's, it's really all business for them. We win the game up 24, 27, 28, nothing, whatever it might be. Second, half, we're coasting, let's not get anybody hurt here. Let's go on to uh, to next week. I think it's what you're going to see again from the Eagles tonight. I love all their starters. You mentioned Hurts, Brown, Devonta Smith. I might throw Goddard in here as well. Miles Sanders, who's been all of a sudden scoring touchdowns this year. It's
1: hard to find an Eagle you don't like. Yeah, I mean, definitely that uh, that is the case. So some of the interesting salary stuff going on tonight. Obviously, if Brandon Cooks does not play, Chris Moore is priced at fifty four hundred. Philip Dorsett is priced at four thousand, and I, I suppose probably the most interesting wrinkle is that all of the Eagle or of the Houston Texans tight ends, we would imagine that they would probably be playing a lot of twelve personnel. I mean, even if Cooks plays, but especially if he doesn't play, OJ Howard is sixteen hundred. Brevin Jordan is a thousand. Jordan Higgins is eight hundred. I'll probably be playing. A good amount of those guys don't really see any other, uh, I mean, uh, Tyron Johnson is 200. If Brandon Cooks doesn't play, that would allow you to play Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, and Miles Sanders all together in one lineup. Uh, In fact, I think that's probably going to end up being the route that, uh, you know, wins a couple hundred thousand dollars on DraftKings tonight. And I, I, I had a little angle here, you know, just while... We're we're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. I I like a prop bet tonight of betting the over on Miles Sanders' second-half rushing yards, basically just betting that Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell don't come in until midway through the fourth quarter. Uh, Sanders did score a rushing touchdown last week in the fourth quarter, so they were keeping him in there, even though they were up quite a bit. So I kind of like that angle. But definitely make sure to monitor the news, Brandon Cooks being in or out going to be a pretty big deal for this showdown slate on DraftKings. Moving now to the Philadelphia Phillies and the Houston Astros playing tonight, Game 5 of the World Series. We got uh, a couple interesting elements to debate here. The Astros are much larger favorites tonight than they were last night. It was like minus 105 both sides last night. Tonight, the Astros are minus 154. On the money line, the, Philadelphia's, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies are plus 142. And, uh, yeah, we got we got Noah Syndergaard going. And, of course, we have the great Justin Verlander pitching tonight for the Houston Astros. Uh, both of these guys, obviously, are extremely expensive to use in the captain slot. Not really uh, all that interested in using Noah Syndergaard at 15.9. Verlander at 17.4. Really going to hamstring what you do with your lineup. I think he would probably have to go seven clean innings to end up being the optimal captain. Jordan Alvarez, 14.7. Bryce Harper, 14.4, 14.1 for Kyle Schwarber, 13.8 for Jose Altuve. George, how do you see this game going tonight?
2: Yeah, a couple of things here. Uh, let's start off with Noah Syndergaard. When he was supposed to start game three on Monday, all right, uh, Thompson, the manager of the Phillies, said he was only going to pitch three, four innings. In other words, he was going to go through the lineup once, maybe once and a half before they were going to move on from him. So you're not starting him tonight because even if he's pitching well, what are you gonna get four, or five innings. You know that's that's obviously what they want to do here. They're not gonna ha- they're not gonna expose Syndergaard to that lineup two, three times. They're just not. So you're not gonna start Syndergaard. All right. If, uh, you're gonna go Verlander. Yes, he's likely Cy Young Award winner this year. But keep in mind his World Series numbers are pathetic over the years. All right. They they're just bad. For whatever reason, long season, he gets tired, whatever, doesn't pitch well in this big situation. I have a hard time believing that. But the numbers are the numbers here. He got lit up in game one. His ERA in the World Series overall is close to six. All right, so that's dangerous there, too. I do think he'll pitch well tonight. I do. And I I want to believe he'll pitch well tonight. I'm a Justin Verlander fan here. But like I said, the numbers are the numbers. They're not backing up this price at all. Uh, I said you can't start Syndergaard. That I'm not doing here. So if you have to choose between one of the one of these guys, you're going Verlander here. And obviously, if uh, you know the Phillies don't trust Syndergaard, well, we're going to like the uh, the Astros' offensive players. You know, maybe Alvarez does get sort of untracked here. It hasn't been that player in the world uh, really. Uh, didn't do all that much against the Yankees in the LCS. Not doing much in the World Series. All right, I think it's all right. This guy is crushing everything, it seems like. Even when he's making outs. He may not be hitting a home run, but he's hitting a foul home run. It seems like every time he's up there. He's got to straighten that out a little bit. But I'll, I'll be on board with Schwarber. Altuve has fixed the singles. He's getting some singles. He's not really driving the ball anywhere. Uh, Bryce Harper. I mean, Davis, if I'm the Astros, anybody's beating me but Harper. Yeah, you know, so he's getting the uh, sort of the you know let's uh, pitch around him a little bit. If he wants to chase, fine. But I'm not I'm not just grooving one for him to see how what he can do here. I'm very wary of Harper and Chor, because like I said, if I'm the ashes, it has to be somebody else that beats me.
1: Yeah, I mean I think you're I think you're probably right. Also, you know, the other underlying element here is in order to get I mean if I, I think you probably still kind of want Verlander in the flex, but you are going to need to roster one of the cheaper hitters in that game. So we have Christian Vasquez, Aledmus Diaz, Chaz McCormick found his way into the lineup. Bryson Stott, John Segura, Brandon Marsh, who actually hit a home run the other night. Brandon Marsh probably is going to be my preferred cheaper option tonight. I believe he's priced under 5000 in the flex on DraftKings. Don't hate Stott. Don't hate Aledmus Diaz either. Uh, Do we think we see any changes in the lineup for either one of these teams, you know, to kind of maybe get some more left-handed bats in there for either team? I mean, the bottom of the order, guys, do you have a a favorite here?
2: Yeah, the Phillies, uh, they do have two different lines, depending on whether it's a righty or a lefty. It's very late tonight, a righty, so you're going to see Stott. You're going to see Marsh. Uh, Stott is a good little hitter. Not much power, though. So I think I'll probably with you with Marsh. Uh, Maybe that he'll run into one. Right, he did run into one, and that was a game three. He hit the home run, so uh, I'll, I'll take a chance that maybe he could do it again. That he could hit a home run here. I do like stop, but he's more of a gap guy. You're looking for a double from him, and uh, you want obviously you want that double to come up runners on base here, where Marsh can maybe do it all by himself. So I'm going to go with you here with Marsh. If I'm going to go with the Astros, you know Vasquez is interesting. You know, uh, what a same kind of guy need to run into one. You know all these guys. You mentioned McCormack, Diaz. You wanted to run into one here. They're going to get out. But Vasquez, for some just uh it's a gut feel thing that maybe tonight against Syndergaard, he can run into one, hit one out the left.
1: Yeah, I uh, I don't I don't hate that. Uh, do you have a lean on the line either way? The Astros minus one fifty four favorites. The Phillies slide dogs. This this to me feels like the game that the Astros pull ahead. I I am kind of hoping, and Craig kind of thought the same thing. Like it it does feel like this is going to go to a seven game series feels like we are really due for a good dramatic world series at this point. It's been good, right? It's been good here. Now I'm on the Astros already. I was actually on them to
2: win in game in five games or six games. So I really would like to see them win the next two. I'm on them to win the series as a whole as well here. I am afraid that it might go to seven. I'll say this. I think this is a must win game for Philadelphia. If they lose this game, they're not winning two in Houston. One would be Fran uh, Valdez. Let's not forget that. Uh this is this a must. They have to win. And I don't know how they win it tonight. Like I said Noah is gonna go three, four ratings. Alvaro Alvarado didn't pitch all that well. They you will get to see Sir Anthony Dominguez tonight. I think it's I think it's Houston tonight. I think it's gonna end in six. Valdez pitches great on Saturday.
1: Yep, I think you're I think you're probably right. I think that uh I think they'll end up winning game six, but then I think they'll inevitably end up losing Game 7. Everyone, that was a look at all the ways that you can play DFS tonight on DraftKings. We're going to go ahead and run into break here real quick on the show. Fantasy or reality with George and I when we return. See you back on the other side of break.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back into Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid TV. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by George Kurtz. No Craig Mish with us today. Before we get into fantasy or reality, I need to remind everyone to please be following at Sports Grid and at Sports Grid TV on social media. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram. And uh, you're going to get all of the best news, notes, injury updates, highlights, analysis. You're going to get clips from the network, all the great shows that we have going on here on Sports Grid. You can even turn the notifications on so that you never miss any updates from the network. I know that uh, I get a lot of my NBA news these days from the sports grid timeline. They have all the good uh, quotes from, you know uh, from, from NBA press conferences of which I know that uh, George does not, uh, does not particularly care about. He's uh, he's all in on the NHL right now. And uh, honestly can't blame him. The, uh, the NBA very weird start to the season. Some of the teams we expected to be quite bad, are playing pretty well but yeah make sure that you are following at sports grid and at sports grid tv and now george and i are going to get into fantasy or reality here on the program All right, well, you know, probably the biggest surprise, I think, for a lot of casual viewers of the NFL. And then, honestly, even for me, I I am pretty surprised by the Miami Dolphins. Tua has been unbelievable. Tyreek Hill has not missed a beat. The defense has been okay. Uh, I think, obviously, it is going to be improved by the addition of one Mr. Bradley Chubb. But, uh, George, fantasy or reality, the the Eagles uh, or the Dolphins, rather, are maybe getting a little bit big for their britches should the miami dolphins calm down their discussions about them being a super bowl team fantasy or reality
2: should they calm it down all right we discussed this earlier they're five and three right Uh, they're going to the playoffs we know that they did beat buffalo already all right so hey good for them here their next three games like i said all very winnable chicago cleveland houston i do expect them to be eight and three i'd like to see them be a little quiet until I until they face that little three-game stretch there. Three road games in uh, the first three weeks of, of uh, December. At San Fran, at the Chargers, at Buffalo. You do some damage, though. But until then, you know, it probably is a little overboard here. It doesn't really bother me all that much. I think this is a good team. If I'm going to rank them in the AFC, yeah, I still have Buffalo, the, the better team than them. I have Kansas City, the better team than them. After that, yeah, we can chat. You know, maybe Baltimore, maybe. You know, I might give Miami the edge of a the Baltimore there. I do like what they're doing. I do think they're a good team. I don't know if I'm going to put them in the great category yet. Uh, I think uh, talking Super Bowl, they're you know, you are 1-7 at this point last year. Miami was 1-7 a year ago at this point. Probably a little overboard here. Probably a little bit here. But I don't mind it, Davis. I don't. A little cockiness. I don't think there's anything wrong with it yet. But I'd like it a lot more. Like I said, once you play those three road games, you take two out of three there. And you do this three-game sweep. So you've won five out of six. You could talk well, all you like then.
1: Yeah, I, I got reality here. They, they need to calm down on the Super Bowl talk, and it's for a couple reasons. Uh, the first one being that I think their offense works really well for the regular season. I don't think it is going to work as well in the postseason. We actually see this happen all the time in the NBA. Some of these teams are great regular season teams. Uh, the Phoenix Suns from last year, the uh, the 2016 Atlanta Hawks that had their entire starting five nominated for uh, player of the month and they won 60 games and then they lost very early on in the NBA playoffs. So I I just, uh this is the thing with the Miami Dolphins. At the end of the day, they are at best, at best, the third team in the AFC, right? They're not better than the Bills. They're for sure not better than the Bills. They're not better than the Chiefs then I think you get into an argument of like, well, are they really better than the Baltimore Ravens? I know everyone, you know, it's like, oh, every time Lamar throws an interception, people are like, see, I told you, Lamar, he's no good. He's not really a quarterback. And then you go the next week and Lamar is like, you know, making crazy juke moves and tossing deep touchdowns to guys you've never heard of. And he looks like, you know, uh, what, Tecmo Bull, Bo Jackson. You know, so for me, I think the Baltimore Ravens are probably... Pound for pound, you know, one through fifty-three, the better team than the Miami Dolphins as well, and the Chargers. To me, I, I don't know about you, George. They feel to me kind of like a sleeping giant, and and probably in the end, they might not even make the playoffs. You know, they're all of their advanced metrics, the DVA yards per play, seem pretty bad. You know, for example, the Chargers have the same yards per play on offense as the New York Jets. I think a lot of people would be surprised to know that they've been that ineffective. But at the beginning of the year, we were talking about the AFC West maybe being one of the best divisions of all time. And it it has not played out that way. The Raiders are bad. The Broncos are bad. The Chargers are very disappointing. And, uh, and, and that's not even to mention who they would inevitably face. I would, the Philadelphia Eagles would be favored over the Miami dolphins if they both happened to make the super bowl. So I think, uh, I think the, the, the dolphins do need to, uh, you know, maybe resize, their britches so i got i got reality here i do think that they probably need to calm down the super bowl talk a little bit another developing news story here we have uh the uh the ottawa senators are apparently uh up for sale they are i believe that the ottawa senators were one of the original uh what the they don't call it the big six in, in the nhl i think they call it the the original six uh, but they, they were not okay okay they were not they were not a member but according to reports ryan reynolds who uh is on a Netflix show right now as uh, the owner of a Division Five soccer club over in England. In fact, the third oldest association football club, Wrexham. Uh, so he's been in that documentary. He's apparently wanting to uh, dip his sword back into the, uh, the world of competitive athletics, eyeing up a potential purchase of the Ottawa Senators uh, for uh, around $655 million, according to reports. So, George, fantasy or reality? Ryan Reynolds will be part of a new ownership group of the Ottawa Senators.
2: Yeah, it's called the Original Six, by the way. Uh, The the Original original Six. The NHL teams. Uh, Montreal, Toronto, Philadelphia, Boston, Rangers, Detroit. Those would be your Original Six teams there. Ottawa is certainly not. They were part of the expansion some 20 years ago. Uh, Now, I do know who Ryan Reynolds is, by the way, for all those who want to make jokes. Okay, I know he's uh, Deadpool, I believe. I've I've seen the movies. Yes. I like the movies. All right, so uh, they're fun. Uh, I hope this is a reality. I think it'd be kind of cool if he is, right? Uh, If I had to vote, I'll say it's going to be fantasy because there'll be a lot of other people. What are the odds from being in in that group? You know, sort of Magic Johnson with, uh, you know, with the Dodgers and Derek Jeter with the Marlins. I mean, it could it happen? Sure. But I think it will at the end. Probably not, but I hope it does. I, said, I think it would be kind of fun to have someone like that as part of an ownership group for uh, an NHL team. How much of his own money he's going to want to put in that, we do not know. All right, the Ottawa Senators, they're not going to be one of these teams. we we'll hear, we here to watch the command going to be worth $5.6 or somewhere around there. Yeah, Ottawa's not going to come anywhere near close to that. I don't even know if they'll – you said it was 6 55. I don't even know if they'll get up to a billion. So uh, he could certainly be part of a group here. I hope it's true, but if I had to gamble on it, I'd say at the end probably not.
1: I, uh, I kind of hope it's true as well. Also, we were just talking about the uh, Philadelphia Eagles and the Houston Texans showdown earlier. And, and as I was alluding to, Brandon Cooks has been ruled out. Uh, I, just a couple quick little actionable items on that. I think you could go bet first touchdown score for, uh, Jordan Aikens, Tyrion Johnson, OJ Howard, anyone like that on the Houston Texans. I think that's decent. You could pick up Philip Dorsett in your fantasy league if you are Truly, absolutely a, a desperate man. Uh, I think that you could probably do that. But honestly, the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, I, I, I would say this, you could put the Philadelphia Eagles uh, money line in any parlay you wanted tonight. That is uh, about as free money as uh, as it could possibly get. Uh, so I have reality on this as well, because the Wrexham documentary and experience I mean, it is. has it totally elevated his profile. It is. It has introduced him and his movies to a whole new group of people. Uh, you know, over and over in England and, and everything like that. And the documentary has just been really well received. I think obviously, uh, they would be able to do that again if he got in the ownership group for the Ottawa Senators. I think that would be more of an opportunity for them to create content and just sort of build the Ryan Reynolds brand. So I got. Uh, I got big reality on. That one um so uh, fair easily enough, and uh according to reports our our third fantasy reality here, Google searches for realistic excuses to miss work are at an all time high George people are are not only quite quitting they just do not want to work so fantasy or reality you have googled a realistic excuse to miss work in your lifetime.
2: Uh, now I've been working for us for what, 10 years or so. So, uh, certainly haven't done it then. I don't need to, uh, generally I like what I do. And, uh, for the most part when I didn't want to, I could tell you in my life, uh, boy, the amount of times I've called out sick sure I've called out sick, but I wasn't, I was never sick, you know, rarely was I sick. because I didn't want to go to work for whatever. I was tired. Maybe I was going golfing that day, whatever it was. I didn't want to go to work. You know, uh, now I kind of enjoy it and I work from home. You know, so it's not like I'm dying. I want to go, hey, Mike, I can't come into work today because I, I don't know what I want to move along. Why? No. Uh, so, no. Back when I was calling sick, we really didn't have Google. It's, it's nowhere near as popular as it is now. Uh, so, no, I, I've never done this. That's a uh, fantasy. Would I do it now if I didn't want to go to a job? Uh, maybe. But for the most part, hey, I don't feel well. I'm sick. Um, you know, stomach virus. The word virus is always a good one to uh, use, right? I don't want to give it to Davis. I don't want to give it to Brett. You know, get Craig Miss sick. Can't have that. So virus is always good to use. Hey, I think I'm contagious, you know, COVID. Hey, I got COVID. There you go. Oh, you probably have to prove that though. So, uh, no, I've never done this. Uh, and I don't think even if I did or had it or have an office job, I don't think I would now anyway, I don't think I would have thought about it until so now I would think about it. I, don't know, I can look at it, up an excuse here. I just would have said I was sick, wasn't feeling well, a virus, something like that. So I just use something that's uh, contagious. You know, I, I don't want to get everybody else sick. I'm just worried about you.
1: I mean right now uh so one i i just i really like my job here at sports grid but also i can do it if i'm not if i'm not feeling great right i mean like uh so so i did uh well it was like six seven months ago now i did test positive for COVID, didn't feel great and uh i just i did not do this show for i think two days i got off of this show but i was still able to do some of my other work you know behind the scenes for sports grid and uh in daily roto and uh, I mean, it's it's true what you say. Like, if you like what you do, you never work a day in your life. And I pretty much, for the most part, not a hundred percent of the time. You know, every once in a while, Sussman will want me to do uh, in-game live for for college basketball. Uh, would not would not be my uh, my first choice, right? So, but uh, yeah, no, I and and I was of always of the age where I could have googled, you know, realistic excuse to miss work. But George, I have I've always worked from home. I have never uh, I I had. You know some other jobs. I, I delivered pizzas. I refereed soccer games and, and things like that when I was a lot younger. But I never have had uh, put on a collared shirt, go into an office, and and sit at a cubicle all day job. So I I've never really uh, I've just never really been in uh, the, the the position or the spot where I would have had to feel good. I just took a COVID test, yada yada. Like that, you're just you you're know. just not going to be asked to work, cool. right? That, that's really, it, it's voice totally... It, leave a voice message. I,
2: I was, was yes. to leave a voice message. You got to talk to no Call at 6 a.m. Wake up early.
1: 100%. Yeah. If you think you might have COVID, no one's asking you to come into the office. That's as simple as it gets. We're going to go ahead and run into break here real quick on FST. The Sports Grid 60 will be with you guys here in just a few moments Hello, everyone, and welcome back into Fantasy Sports today here on Sports Grid TV. As always, George and I are going to end the show with a little something we like to call the Sports Grid sixty.
2: All right, this week, uh, this Sunday, uh, we have six uh, teams on by in the NFL this week, right? We have uh, Denver, Dallas, the Giants. Cleveland, Pittsburgh, San Fran on bye. So six teams, which means in the four o'clock window, the late afternoon Sunday window, we only have two games this week. Two games. All right, Seattle, Arizona, and uh, Rams, Tampa Bay. Here, never understand why the NFL does this. When I mean, you have what four, I means you have eight one o'clock games. I don't know why you can't spread it out a little bit more. I hate the way they do the bye weeks anyway. Why do we have two two teams, one week, four another, six another week? Well, why? Why can't – for the life of me, I don't know why we can't do each division. NFC East gets week five, NFC West week six, on and on and on. They, they just change it up every year so it's fair for everybody over an eight-year span here. And uh, I also wouldn't mind, by the way, that Thursday night game the week after, let's go play these two teams that had a buy already from uh, the NFC East. This way, That's fair, too. They all have the same amount of time off. Uh, you don't have to worry about uh, shortened weeks and all that, and everybody complaining about everything here. But it just drives me insane here. Two games from the 4 o'clock window on Sunday. Hate
1: it well george you and i we should have uh, we should have crossed wires on this because my sports grid 60 is the same thing one two games in the pm slate i mean completely inexcusable like just makes the television product absolutely horrible honestly makes me less likely to watch only two games going on i'm gonna go read a book or, or do some yard work or something because i just i'm not gonna watch i'm not gonna watch 13 straight hours of football but only have two games on at a time but the other thing is you can't have six teams on bye. you got to structure it better this has absolutely got to be fixed what the nfl actually needs to do is they need to add a second bye week every team needs to get two bye weeks extend the season another week that's the most fair and just way to do it you absolutely uh at the nfl you got to get it done thanks to brett thanks to george thanks to our buddies over at ltn craig and i will be back with you tomorrow good luck with all your wagers tonight see you back tomorrow everybody